Welcome, this is Anthony Haynes, I'm Creative Director of Frontinus Limited. Welcome to the Grey Lit Cafe podcast brought to you by Frontinus Limited. Frontinus is a communications consultancy focused on engineering, infrastructure, sustainability and research. So on this podcast we feature many aspects of Grey Literature. We look at things like the creation or production of it, the management of it and the consumption of it. But unlike other resources, I think, on Grey Literature, we tend to give more emphasis to the first of those, so how Grey Literature is produced or created. And we look partly at the genres, the production process for different genres of Grey Literature, but we also look at the context, including the producer's and their their work and their organisations. And that's what we're going to focus on today. So I'm delighted to say we ha- I have with me today a guest, Stephanie Shirley, who is owner of Bennis. Greetings, Stephanie. Greetings. I am so glad to be joining you today. I'm just thrilled to be able to talk a little bit about great literature, of course, and and to offer, hopefully, a little bit of advice and wisdom from my perspective. Well, excellent. I, I've, I've uh, one way or another, followed your content for many years, and that makes me uh, both enthusiastic but also confident about our conversation. So thank you ever so much for appearing. So, um, I'd like to focus on your work for your business, Benis. Um, so I'd be grateful if you could just tell us, tell our listeners about the business. What, what, what is it? Who do you work for? What do you do? Sure. And so, you know, I'm sure this will delve into a lot of different ways we can build upon the conversation because it's an interesting story. Um, I was just 23 years old. Uh, I have been working in state government over here in Pennsylvania in the United States and realized that, you know, there really wasn't much room for creative writing and for creative content. And that's where my passion was. Certainly, I'm professionally educated and trained in public relations. But when I got into government, I realized that that Mm -hmm. just really didn't give me the outlet I wanted. I was writing a lot of speeches and white papers and policies. So I decided to start my own public relations consulting business. Um, I went off on my own, uh, just Mm -hmm. me. It is still just me. And there's more to say on that story because I really leaned into the idea of sole proprietorship. Um, so I started my business, you know, 12 years yeah. ago now, which is very exciting and have continued to grow it. So yes, I am the owner, I am the founder, and I am also the person who does pretty much everything, um, that you enter, that a client would interface with, with my business, but I love it that way. Um, it's been very manageable. I've been able to scale through efficiency, yeah. um, having to hire additional people to do right. that. So it's definitely a bit of a different business model from growing an agency or growing a firm. Um, but I do feel mm. that more people mm. are seeing the benefits to what I do because of the low overhead, the flexibility, and of course the freedom, you know, the freedom to really set yeah. my own schedule to work from anywhere and yes. to not have to be accountable to employees or kind of some of the HR headaches and costs that really come yes. with that. So I oftentimes collaborate and team up with other freelancers, business owners, whomever that can also supplement my services. Um, but really the core of what I do is content writing and the strategy that brings it all together. Well, it's fascinating. I feel a good deal of empathy for what you're saying. And it's actually uncanny because you've just articulated 
each of the things <laughs> that I enjoy about my own business <laughs> running frontiers. Each of the big things was in there, and you, you started off by saying you're in a job where it wasn't that creative. And I think if you are a creative and you're stuck in that job, mm-hmm. you're not going to stick it. You're not going to stick it for very long. You have to. You have to kind of move out and do do something that enables you to be creative. So now, look, I I had what I think was a a good job in um, uh, book publishing, professional book publishing, and I decided to give that job up and start my own business. And I thought I was being very brave doing that, but I was forty six, and I read on your uh, on your blog. When you made that move, you were you were half that age. You were twenty three, I think. So uh, you've given us a bit of an indication. But could I could I ask you to tell us a bit more about your your thinking around that? You know how you came to that decision. What 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 made you take the leap? Absolutely. And so maybe this is just the benefit of hindsight. But looking back, I feel that my leap into entrepreneurship might have been easier or even less risky than potentially yours or someone who does do it when they're a little bit later in life in the sense that you know, you have real responsibilities at that point. You know, At the age of 23, my student loans and those types of bills hadn't even kicked in. I was renting an apartment. I didn't have a mortgage. I was able to live very lean. Um, so when I took that leap and realized I'd be giving up a stable salary, salary and really as they say you know under entrepreneur world we always say you eat what you kill so i was ready to say well i don't know <laughs> you know it might be slim pickings for a while but with that mm-hmm. i was able to make the leap saying okay, I'm going to give it my best shot. And if in six months, one year, whatever, it is not working out, I'm pretty confident I can roll back into a job. You know, I didn't leave a career of 20 plus years where I maybe had the risk of burning bridges or people saying, well, that's fine if you want to leave, but don't come back. You know, I had that kind of safety net to a degree. It was me and my cat who I still have my cat. (laughs) Um, And that is really all I had to worry about. No children yet, no husband yet. Mm. Um, And then, like I said, really minimal expenses. So I took the leap before I had really started to integrate Mm. myself with my coworkers of my existing job. Because I realized if I would have stayed much longer, I might have talked myself out of it. How often that's story yes. for a lot of us, right? It's like, well, but I have a really good retirement fund here. I have benefits. I have friends. You know, I, I've created a life. I'm just going to stick it out a couple years longer. So essentially, I ripped off the Band-Aid and said, I'd rather do it now before anything sticks yeah. too long. I think that's fascinating. It strikes me as one of those decisions where you want to give it careful consideration, but you don't want to think about it too much right. because you, you, you paralyze yourself. You end up Doing, doing nothing. Um, now you've obviously learned a great deal from your experience of both of owning a business and running a, a comms business. And I'm wondering what you consider to be the most valuable lessons that have grown out of there. So perhaps to, to structure the interview a little bit, perhaps perhaps I could ask you to 
to volunteer a, a bronze idea, a silver idea, and a gold idea? Sure, um, I would love to. And what I'm picturing in my head right now is if I could give advice back to younger Stephanie when she, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. was very aware she didn't know it all, but also had enough confidence to say, I'm still going to give this a shot. And if I could be that kind of wisdom and say, let me pour in some, some confidence to you. The first idea, that bronze idea, would be learn to say no. Um, say no mm. selectively, obviously. A lot of times as business owners, we have to say yes, even to those projects that might stretch us because there can be some good in it. But over the years, once you establish yourself a little bit more, kind of break through that mindset and realize it's okay to have boundaries for your time. It's okay to have preferences for the types of jobs you want to take on or don't want to take on. Don't become a slave just to the dollar and to the, you know, Mm. to the sign, to those, what I would say, the projects that you're like, well, it's going to be good for my bank account, but is it good for your Mm. soul? So that learning to Mm. say no is kind of that bronze level and to step it up one further at the silver level, I would say time management is everything. Right. Absolutely everything. And that doesn't matter if you're a sole proprietor or if you're someone who has many, many people to assist you. I've seen it all because I've worked with a lot of businesses now. Mm. Even Mm. very high-powered CEOs, very busy, they'll have layers of administrative assistance and everyone trying to help them. But if they can't manage their own time, there is no amount of secretaries and executive assistants who can help you create less chaos in your life. So I am first and foremost a writer, a creative writer, public relations, but I'm a little bit of a time management guru. Um, So, you know, that's not something I've ever considered professionalizing, but it's something I'm passionate about. And the biggest differentiator in my business, what I found that clients hire me for is for my consistency. And the fact that when Mm. I say I'm going to do a project, I'm going to get back to you with that email. I'm going to schedule that meeting. I do. And I do it quickly. I do it efficiently. And that level of efficiency is really what helps my run, run my business. And obviously, in, especially in writing, we want to be correct. We want to have good grammar. We want to, you know, put on the best professional presence. But sometimes done is better than perfect. So yes. we have to move Absolutely. forward. And I can see people just, you know, paralyzed through that. So that's kind yes. of that silver is really focus on that time management, even before you're worried about your writing skills or creative skills. And then the gold level yes. where I would just, you know, can't stress this enough is really take that time to learn who you are at every stage that might change and evolve. And once you are sure you feel like you know your identity in your business, your identity in your professional career, stay true to that person. And that's going to shape the types of clients you take on, the business model you develop. For me, I'm an introvert. I'm an outgoing introvert, but I know that I probably would not be a good employer or boss to other people. So I've had to recognize that and say, I can lead projects. I can lead teams. I don't want to lead employees. So the kind of that, that big piece is just learn who you are sooner than later and, and go with your gut on that. Well, it's very interesting. When I said um, at the, near the beginning that the things you articulated actually rang true for me as well, I definitely fall into this camp as someone who I, I don't want to manage employees. And uh, I think very often, particularly policymakers, think that 
There's no point running a small business unless your aim is to grow. And if you don't become the next Apple, you've failed. I think a lot of business owners don't have that mentality. I think a lot of them think, no, I'll keep it small because I don't I don't want someone on the, on the payroll that I have to worry about. Yeah. Um, I'm very interested in what you said about efficiency, because I think not all creatives are very efficient. And sometimes they rely on less programmable things, such as sort of, you know, uh, flair and intuition. And there's more of a sort of gestalt psychology in, in their minds. And it's very evident from your output that you are consistent. I mean, I forget how long you've been running your blog, but it's um, you've been consistently blogging throughout throughout that period and, and that's that's a very rare claim to be able to make i think um let, let me since we um segued into blogging let, let me just pick you up on uh, pick pick up on that particular point um you've published sitcom entrepreneur which is the name of your blog for many years and you have managed to publish it with incredible consistency in terms both of both of quality and regularity so you must be getting something else about yourself to, to, to make you want to do that. So what, what are the benefits that you feel come to you um, from blogging? Absolutely. And so you hit the nail on the head there. You know, my blog started when I first started my business. So it's really been there since day one. That was when blogging kind of meant something a little different back in 2011. It was not the Instagram influencers that we think of now. It was true. It still is truly a website on WordPress that you can go to and there's actual articles there. So when I started that, it was when a lot of clients were considering also creating a blog. And I knew that if yeah. I wanted to be able to do it for a client to pay me to do it, I needed to say I could also do it for myself. So I yeah. started a yeah. little bit, you know, as a learning curve. And at first I published my first blog post and, you know, I don't know what I expect to happen. You hit publish and you realize that unless someone finds it, you know, no one's reading it. So over the years, it has certainly, certainly grown but it's to your point it has never been something i've charged for i've never placed placed advertising right. anyone who guest contributes to my blog i am not paid for that it is very much a catharsis an outlet for creativity mm. so i make money mm. in other sorts of ways of course and you could consider that maybe the blog is a marketing tool that helps for that but i do love that i'm keeping it very pure in that I don't have to sell advertising or links that I get paid yes. for. That's just what works best for me. So with that, you know, the benefits, right? You know, if I wasn't getting a benefit, why would I now be almost at 600 blog posts, never yeah, no, missing a week 600. in 11 plus yeah. years? And there's kind of core, uh, four core things. One is it's an outlet for creativity. So if there is an issue that's been weighing on me that week, maybe it's something great, something I figured out about my business or a project. I want to share that. Or maybe it is something, a challenge. I had a con maybe I had a conversation with a client that didn't go well, or I had to overcome a really big problem. You might see themes of that in my blog. And the reality is it's probably based on something that really happened to me recently. Right, right. It's also a great mentoring tool for other people. So often um, I love speaking with younger, um, even students who are coming up in the public relations field, the communications field. They'll have a lot of questions for me. Usually I can go back to my blog and dig out these articles 
that are already perfect to answer what they need. And I can send them links and I'll find people who maybe share a similar sentiment that you did, Anthony, that say, I just got lost in your blog and I kept reading and reading and absorbing all of it. So that's been really fun too, is I don't have to keep reinventing the wheel with my responses when I want to help other people. I can go back to my blog Mm. and pull from the archive. The other is, yes, it does help with search engine optimization, SEO. It's a digital footprint. I do have a website. It's separate. But this blog is a little bit more fun. Um, It definitely has a different Mm. type of SEO benefit to it. So it's one more way that people can find me and my services online. And then finally, Mm. it showcases my professionalism. And again, consistency. So I always say that for clients who might be saying, well, I don't know if I should choose Stephanie, you know, a sole proprietor. She's a one man shop over here, or I should work with a really big agency. And, you know, can she really handle the size of my project? And I like to say, listen, if I'm able to keep up with my blog every month, every week, that would be the first thing to go by the wayside if I was in over my head. But as long as you're seeing that I'm blogging and keeping up with it, you should feel confident that I am more than capable and have the bandwidth to take on any project you send my way. So that's kind of those four points there that, that looking back on my blog, yes, I don't make direct dollars off of it indirectly. Absolutely. Yes. And I, I love the final point you made there. So the consistency of a blog exudes a sense of this is someone who's in control mm-hmm. you know they're not kind of scraping to get everything together right. last minute all the time and that's a very kind of comforting message to send to people i think so uh stephanie absolutely brilliant thank you you've been a, a fantastically forthcoming generous interviewee and i really appreciate you uh, giving up the, the the time to to let us benefit from your insights so let me say again thank you ever so much your uh, contribution much appreciated you are very welcome and completely my pleasure thank you anthony thank you everyone for listening gray lit cafe is edited by dr bart hallmark and produced by frontinus limited frontinus specializes in gray literature forms such as proposals publications papers and reports the music is from handel's water music courtesy of the united states marine band and marine chamber orchestra Thank you.